Welcome to Dial It In, a podcast where we talk with interesting people about the process improvements and tricks they use to grow their businesses. I'm Dave Meyer, president of BusyWeb, and every week, Trig Olson and I are bringing you interviews on how the best in their fields are dialing it in for their organizations. Dave, do you know who Andy Williams is? Like the old country singer? No, he, <laughs> well, yeah, but he... Uh, he uh, his most famous song is a Christmas song that it's, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Oh yeah. Yeah. And as we're recording this, it's, it's September, the leaves are stalling. So the earth wind is going to start to fall here in Minnesota. (laughs) The earth wind and fire jokes are, are right around the corner as Mm -hmm. we look at the 21st of September. And for me, it's the most wonderful time of the year because my, my wife, who's an educator, and my son, who's nine, are finally getting out of the house and getting away yeah. from me. So <laughs> I know that you are on the other side of the spectrum and mm-hmm. that one of your kids is about to head to college and uh, who is also a, a tremendous athlete. And yes. so uh, she's hoping to, to play uh, collegiate sports. So as my gift to you, as as your benevolent podcast co-host, I found you help in order to do that. So hot dog. Our guest today is Jeff Howell. Jeff is a couple of chapters ahead of you in the class where he had a, a kid who was recruited to play college sports. And Jeff is a, a burgeoning expert in the experience and has since created a curriculum and a class that he sells on how to help parents navigate through the college recruitment process. So welcome, Jeff. Hey, thanks, guys. And it is nice to see both of you again. Uh, We were just talking beforehand that Dave and I have a history from way back when I lived in Minnesota and uh, had my own web development business back in the early aughts. So Mm -hmm. Dave and I have been connected through that for, for many years. And so it's always good to see Dave again. Absolutely. Congratulations on having a senior. What um, what school does she go to? Uh, Well, right now she's in uh, Champlin Park High School in uh, Minnesota. That makes sense. And um, she's also looking to go to a Wisconsin school because she has a very particular set of not necessarily skills like Liam Neeson, Mm -hmm. but uh, (laughs) a very particular set of goals where she wants to be a interior designer. And do sports coaching, so volleyball coaching. So she's going to play volleyball. Yes, in Wisconsin, that would make it a D three program because the only D yep. there are no D two programs in Wisconsin. The only one is the only D one is obviously UW Madison. So mm-hmm. it looks like you've got a good good selection of yeah. programs yes. to go to let's, as well. Uh, let's break that down a little bit farther. So yeah. the point of our discussion today is hopefully to help yeah. not only promote your class, Jeff, but also helps yeah. help uh, help uh, parents. So what's sure. the difference between a Division One, a Division Two, and a Division Three school? Yeah. Awesome. Great question. So the co- colleges and universities are broken up into um, – from the athletic side, there are really three different organizations that operate the athletic departments. So you've got the NCAA, which is, you know, everybody knows. Uh, you've got what are called the NAIA, which is another athletic 
organization that oversees uh, university athletics. And unfortunately and sadly overlooked, the NAIA level of competition actually is quite good. And then you've got JUCO, junior college. So between those three, almost every collegiate sport falls under each one of those three banners. Now, there are some outliers. There are some, you know, national you know, NCCAA, which kind of runs some of the Christian universities. There are some other um, independent mm-hmm. athletic groups. Kind of Notre, Notre Dame is one of the most famous ones that, that maintain their oh, independency right. yeah. uh, in most of the time. But although they play football in the NCAA, basketball, they're playing. Um, they used to play in the Big East. Now I think they're in the ACC. ACC, yeah. Anyway, so... Everybody's in uh, the ACC. Stanford's in the Atlantic Coast Conference now. That's true. Yeah, actually, there's three of them. uh, Stanford, uh, SMU. And and SMU in in Dallas is now part of the Atlantic Coast Conference. For the ACC. Yeah, well, because the the Pac-12 dissolved, more or less. All right, so so when you've got the NCAA, you've got got three different divisions. You've got D1, D2, and D3. Now... Mm -hmm. A D1 are going to be your main, uh, the schools that you've heard of the most. Obviously, you know, University of Minnesota, Wisconsin, all the Big Ten teams, mm-hmm. ACC, SEC, Pac-10, Big East, you know, Ivy League. So you've got all of these universities that you're familiar with. There's about 160 some odd D1 programs. Now, the D1 programs are broken up in it further. You've got your... FBS, which is a football bowl series, and then the FCS, which are what used to be the old uh, D1A. So uh, schools like NDSU would be an old D1A program, and they are in the FCS, which means they have their own playoff system. Okay, So the D1 is kind of split up kind of down the middle. About 80 or 90 schools in in FBS where they play for bowl games, and then you've got the other one that has the more traditional playoff system. And then D2 are going to be schools, I guess in Michigan, you'd look at Grand Valley, uh, Ferris State, Saginaw Valley, Northwood, kind of, you know, they're, they're in the GLIAC division, which is the kind of the Great Lakes division. Okay. In Minnesota, you've got like Southwest Minnesota State would be a D2 program, UM Duluth, D2 program. So those are ones that are still very highly competitive. Uh, they're just sort of at a different level. They have their own playoff system. When, it kind of varies, but depending on the sport, yes. right? Some colleges have D2 programs, like like Minnesota mm-hmm. State, you mentioned. They have a, an incredible hockey right. team. So that's a Division One hockey team, but the school itself is not a Division That's one correct. Yeah, I was just going to get into that with, with the different mm-hmm. sports. That mm-hmm. that also depends on you know what's, what, uh, what sport they play. So like, like St. Cloud State, for instance, would still be a D2, but their hockey program plays at a, at a higher level. And then you've got D3 programs, which there's, there's a ton of those. Typically, those are smaller private, educate, private uh, schools. So a good example would be like Concordia. Well, actually, mm-hmm. Concordia in, in St. Paul is an NAIA school. Uh, what would be a, a couple of D three programs? Augsburg. Yeah, most of the most of the private schools in in yep. the cities are so like Augsburg, yep. McAllister, Hamlin. Right. Yep. But Those I know D3 that programs. well, St. Thomas, the big thing used um, to be St. Thomas was doing too well, and so the rest of the schools in that conference kicked them out, and uh, they went all the way up to D one. 
They went to D1. Yeah, they're in the yeah. Pioneer League. In fact, uh, Joe was, my son was recruited by St. By St. Thomas. Uh-huh. Yes. One of my good friends is actually best friends with Coach Glenn, and we uh-huh. kind of made a connection that way. And it just didn't work out. Uh, yeah. Joe didn't want to go to St. Thomas, which uh-huh. I don't, just fine. So, yeah. he, but he, so he ended up at a D3 program in Chicago. One of the major differences Dave, between the different division levels, D1, 3, 2, and 3, outside of competition and exposure, is the ability to provide athletic scholarships. So obviously D1 programs can provide a full ride mm-hmm. to any athlete that they want. D2 schools are typically limited to about 50, 40 to 50% of the tuition mm-hmm. uh, as an athletic scholarship. And then the rest can be either made up through you know, typical student loans, but also they can also provide academic scholarships to help fill the gaps. Uh, D3 programs are not able to provide athletic scholarships. They are only able to provide academic scholarships, which which this is how Joe is playing for Lake Forest as he's uh, on an academic scholarship. Uh, NAIA schools are usually able to provide uh, athletic scholarships. Uh, Not always full rides, but that has been known to happen. Mm -hmm. And then JUCO. To kind of, there's really no money there. Is there that, we can do we can do another two hours in the JUCO yeah, process. That's, that's a whole that's a whole different ballgame. And so, like obviously, my experience is in college football, right? But what I found is that a lot of the, which I'm sure we'll get into, a lot of the skills and experience that we acquired through this process of getting Joe to Lake Forest. A lot of those things can be translated to other sports, right? With with maybe the exception of uh, baseball, just because not only you're, you're dealing with just not only the school, mm-hmm. but you're also you have uh, Major League Baseball sort of in that process too, because of a, oh. a lot of MLB Major League Baseball has a considerable feeder system, right? Right, and so they don't always, you know, if you've got a kid who is really good, they may forego going to college and they may go straight to, you know, like a, a straight to minors to go play. So, got it. Okay. So, there are some standards in each recruitment process, but depending upon the school, depending upon the kid, it all varies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. So, what, how can a parent? When they're meeting somebody for the first time, what do they need to do to uh, sort of prep the kids? Right. Like, do you do you need to make your own highlight reel? Yeah. So, so here's kind of how the process, and I'll start from the beginning on this because you, you, there are many, many, many things that happen and that should happen prior to even getting in front of a coach. So, the very first thing that you want to do. Now, I'll preface this by saying that there are opportunities for a parent and a student athlete to utilize a service to go after and and work this process for them right Mm -hmm. places like ncsa or other independent individuals who are offering a service to navigate this process for them Mm -hmm. to make the connections with the coach to do the highlight reel sharing to to kind of do the process right there are services that do that 
I take a different approach and I empower the student athlete and the parent to navigate this process on their own. Mm-hmm. Now, that isn't to say that I won't help guide. Mm-hmm. So I've got three different op- options to help parents out. I've got the online course that's sort of self-paced that they mm-hmm. can purchase and kind of navigate that course on themselves. They go into the, to the site, they purchase the course. It's a two-hour video, and they can stop and start. They can go back to it at any time and sort of work through the process on their own at a self-paced. I've got an in-person seminar that I offer to schools and other organizations where I come in and I kind of do a, a few hour seminar where then uh, the parents can ask questions or they can then go to the site and get the self-paced course themselves. Mm-hmm. And then I've got another option where uh, I actually will help and assist a parent and their student athlete kind of go through the process. I won't do it for them, mm-hmm. but I'll help guide them, right? So if they want that extra, that extra uh, hand-holding from me, I'll go through and I'll, I'll help them out and kind of go through the process with them just to help guide them. So the first thing you want to do is once you kind of um, realize and feel that, you know what, my student athlete or the student athlete feels, hey, I'm good enough to go play at post, post high school. Mm-hmm. I've got the skill set. It's something I want to do. doesn't matter exactly which level I, I play, what, what competition I play for, but I want to play sports post high school. Mm-hmm. And so once that decision's made, then it sort of goes to, well, where do I want to play? What, what, what programs are out there? What schools offer both the academics that I'm looking for, but also the opportunity to play? And there are a variety of factors, a lot of them personal. You know, it could be the location, could be the, how well that school is academically. You know, you, you could get down to looking at the, the records of whatever school, you know, sports program you want to play for. And if, if they suck, <laughs> to, let's be honest, you may right. not want to go there, right? You may look at it and say, that isn't for me. Mm-hmm. But once you've identified a few schools, the first thing you want to do is you go to that uh, school's athletic website and you fill out the recruitment questionnaires. Mm-hmm. You go to whatever page. A lot of times they're going to be on that main page when they're starting to push recruiting. But more often than not, you've got to go to the, to the actual individual sport, football, basketball, baseball, volleyball, fencing, <laughs> and fill out a recruitment questionnaire. And that will get your student athlete's name on their list. Okay. Most colleges will have a service that they use that will allow them to sort of grade the prospective athlete and then also um, catalog other information and talk about, okay, when did they, when were they recruited? How often have they been talked to? That kind of thing. One thing to note about that is, is D1, typically they have uh, limitations on the amount of online connection that they can have. And a lot of those connections will start sort of in the September time. D2 and D3 typically don't have those same restrictions. So, Dang it. Yeah. So once, once you fill out that recruitment questionnaire, the next thing, the very next thing you need to do is get on Twitter or X, however you want to call it, or even threads, because that is still a thing to varying degrees. And you go find those coaches on Twitter mm-hmm. and you follow them. And you follow their recruiters and you follow every coach you can. 
you follow every coach that play, that works in the athletic department, no matter what sport it is. Mm-hmm. You follow, um, you know, if it's a football program, you follow the main school's football Twitter account. You follow the baseball. You follow softball. You follow volleyball. You follow every one of those. Um, for every school that you are considering or thinking about reaching out to, right? Mm-hmm. So once you've done the recruitment questionnaire, you follow them on Twitter. And to clarify, follow, Jeff, this this should yeah. be done by the student, right? I mean, we're yes. I, Dave, parent of high school students, shouldn't be out following and and spamming and connecting with. This no. should all be by the athlete because we're trying to put the connection between the athlete and the coaches or the recruiters, right? That's correct. Now, one thing to note is obviously you can have the student's Twitter account on your own phone, right? Sure. So that's yeah. kind of what I did, right? Mm-hmm. So I helped Joe out with this process mm-hmm. because obviously he's doing school and he's doing practice and he's doing homework and he's doing lots of other things that he should be doing and be responsible for. Mm-hmm. So he and I had a conversation, and this is what you should do as a, as a parent of a student athlete. Have a clear line of communication with your athlete and say, Okay, let's let's get your Twitter account on multiple devices and let's talk about who's going to be, be responsible for what. We said, I have more time in my day to start doing some research and, and following all of these accounts. We talked about which schools, so I didn't just do it blindly, mm-hmm. but we, we talked about which schools, which programs, and, and whatever. The other... Th- I want to interrupt Go for ahead. a second because I think there's something really important that we probably glommed mm-hmm. over as three dads, which is, so yes, having the student do the following is important, but I think the 1A of this is very important, especially if you're going to get your parents involved, is clean your socials before Ooh. you turn them over to yeah. dad. Because the next step is not only are, are, is dad going to be in there all up in your business, <laughs> the coaches are going to be looking at you right. too because they're now this is an open evaluative process that they're going to be yeah. looking at you. Yeah. So and I think that was probably the thing you were going to say, but I wanted to clear that up because the last thing I want is my kid and in, in my, my ex feed, let alone knowing what he's right. doing. And, and to, I mean, yeah, that is something I do mention in a blog post that I've got. Plus also um, in the course, you're not wrong about that. However, what I've found is yeah. that most of the, um, the, the things that you may not want to be public aren't typically on Twitter. <laughs> They're going to be in Instagram or something yeah. else, but mm-hmm. you're, you're right about that. Absolutely. Make sure that when, as a student athlete, when you are starting to, to work this process and be serious about it, you want to mm-hmm. be very careful about the things that you post. You want to be careful about what's, what's publicly available to potential recruiters. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if, if they see some, some, some stuff on Instagram that, that is questionable, then, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're going to mark you for that. So not, you know, don't worry about just your Twitter account, but you want to worry right. about your Facebook and your Instagram accounts as well. That's a really right. good point. I'm glad that you brought that up. So scroll through and make sure that you've called out anything that uh, you said, um, celebrating 420 or, uh, you know, any right. of those other things, right? Yeah. So, uh, or political, yeah. pol- anything political. Any other yeah. Sort of dates on the calendar. Yeah. yeah. yeah political or students related if you were burning a pile of books at the end of your school year in celebration maybe not doing that and making sure that you're cultivating the way forward yeah it seems like kids in particular that have been completely digitally native and completely mobile device native now Mm -hmm. they just 
stream of consciousness. This is where they think. This is where they where they interact, and they don't yeah. have a filter anymore. It just doesn't matter. And it's right. a big and, deal amongst folks yeah. that are making decisions about their futures. Right. I think I think I'll add to that um, instead of not just Instagram or Facebook because mm-hmm. most most teenagers aren't on Facebook anymore anyway. Right. Um, and Snapchat right. is sort of an outlier because most of that content is hidden right. publicly anyway, so you, you can't have access to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, you want to look through your TikTok accounts mm-hmm. and Instagram. That's going to be where most most everybody's hanging out these days anyway. And so, definitely, just just be careful, right? Clean first. Hmm? Clean, yeah, first. clean first. So, so again, one, once you've kind of gone through your accounts and you start following <laughs> these these athletic departments, programs, coaches, and you have that conversation with your student athlete and the parent about which programs you want to follow, that's when you start making those connections. Now, that's after you've done the recruitment questionnaires, you do the social media. And what I found is in in addition to following the programs that you are interested in, you follow everybody. You go to the suggested follows that are in each of those individual coach profiles and you follow them all. Now, the reason why isn't necessarily because you may be interested in a program from North Dakota, you know, or California. But the more accounts you follow and the more active you are, just sort of as social media works, the more likely you might show up in a suggested follow for a coach or, or, or a recruiter because you're, you're being more active. So that's, uh, you know, that's something kind of that annoyed Joe a little bit was like, I just were, was following all these people, these small schools in North Dakota, South Dakota, Louisiana, whatever. He doesn't want to go play for a school in Louisiana because it's too humid. He doesn't want to do that. But what happened from there or, um, is that a couple of coaches from there were connected to some coaches in Arizona mm-hmm. and the coaching staff at Lake Forest, where Joe ended up going to, they do a, a huge recruitment push in Arizona and they do a, a couple of camps during the summer in Arizona and just through the, the magic of social media algorithms, Joe happened to pop up oh. in, in one of the, the wide receiver coaches feed. Right. And happened to look at it, saw his highlight reel and started to reach out to Joe. Um, this was, this was late in the process for us too. Like we, we were we already had a handful of, um, of of schools that Joe had narrowed down to because he had received maybe I don't know a dozen offers. We've had maybe a dozen official visits, had offers in hand, official offers in hand, you know, with the letter and with with NAIA schools. We had some scholarship money, you know, so we had all that that in hand, and then we we did kind of one last visit round of visits where we stopped in Lake Forest, we came up to see St. Thomas, we mm-hmm. um, went to go see Southwest Minnesota State, went to McAllister, and um, no, we, we skipped McAllister because after the visit in Lake Forest, Joe was like, this is the place for me to be. But he wanted to at least look at St. Thomas because they had put a lot of effort in talking to him. In any case, so we we went through that whole process, but those extra those extra kind of connections you make can sometimes make a huge difference 
where a coach or a recruiter finds you that you didn't actually initially reach out to. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the beauty of doing this process is that one, one, th- one thing else to keep in mind is you may go after all the different schools and programs that you are interested in. But occasionally, and, and more often than not, actually, from what I'm finding with some other parents I talk to, a program will pop up that you didn't intend to even look at. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. even know Lake Forest existed yeah. until, until this coach popped up and mm-hmm. it ended up being the best fit. So you just have to be, you have to work that social media process mm-hmm. as, as much and as hard as you can because that's where the coaches live. The coaches sure. live on Twitter sure, or in, on social media. So once you've mm-hmm. done all that, the recruitment questionnaire, following on social media, you follow that up with an email as old school and traditional as that might be, mm-hmm. I've got an email template that's on my website that you can take that content, edit it for you know, your own and personalize it. Mm-hmm. But uh, you can use it as a Twitter DM. You could use it as a traditional email and just send that out. Having that extra point of connection is really important. And you, you just make a schedule and know that you're going to follow up with an initial email, come mm-hmm. with a follow-up email. If you don't get any connection from there, you do another one, right? So that so that's kind of the next step of the process is you making those other uh, quote-unquote offline connections with an email. And depending on where you are in that process, um, what you know, what grade your athlete is yeah. in, then you have the opportunity to then start looking at camps and showcases to go to oh, during the following okay. summer. Yeah. Okay. So if you happen to be, say, a sophomore or going into your sophomore year, you're in a great position because you have, you have this sophomore year to start putting together your highlights mm-hmm. and start putting together your, your video reel. Then this coming summer in 24, at the time of this recording, mm-hmm. then you are able to do your research and find out which camps are, are, are out there, which showcases are out there for you to attend. Most of the time you won't start seeing those until springtime because mm-hmm. usually when those are scheduled. And so you can use a site like riser, R Y Z E R. You'd be able to find basketball, football, baseball, and a volleyball camp. So you typically on those mm-hmm. and you can find out where those are um, and do as many as your time or budget allows, right? Cause they're not free, but they get you in front of a ton of extra coaches. Mm-hmm. Some of the bigger ones, you know, might have a dozen programs in attendance. Like, so you go to a, to a basketball camp that's hosted by, you know, the U of M and you might have a dozen other programs there helping out, you know, so you, you go maybe with the intention of, of, you know, becoming a gopher, but then you've got, a bunch of other scouts over there evaluating talent and deciding on who they're going to reach out to. I'd say, Hey, this kid's good. This kid's good. And you just want to get your skill set out there. You want to showcase what you can do no matter who is, who it's in front of. But for me, I always looked, I always looked for the camps that had the most amount of programs there. So you kind of maximize your exposure as much as you can. And 
the beauty of those is that then you'll you'll get introduced to different coaches that you may not have seen online or for via Twitter. Then you start connecting with those coaches, and then again, you know the more right. the more connections you make, the better. Yeah, that's that's uh, so it's it's the art of networking and the art of connecting as a student, probably you know earlier than you thought you should have. You know, a sophomore year, most kids aren't aren't thinking of college yet, and so yeah. you know, making sure that you're already looking at that that early is really important for those student yeah. athletes. You kind of have to. Are there are there specific like real winning strategies or things that like does every highlight reel need to include? I know this is all different by sports, but you know, is is there like one thing that you need to include? Like, do you always have to have a good starting package? Like, hi, my name is XYZ. I'm interested in being a student athlete at your school or just kind of generally I'm, I'm, I'm a football star and I'm looking for the best possible fit for my skills. And, you know, by the way, here's a 90, 90 yard pass that I just made or whatever. Right. None of that. You don't do any of None that. Of that? No. Okay. Um, if you want to put one together and pin it mm-hmm. to your profile, go mm-hmm. ahead and do that. Right. Sure. But it isn't going, it may help, but mm-hmm. that isn't what coaches are looking for. Mm. Coaches have a very limited amount of time that sure. they can evaluate talent mm-hmm. because they're looking at multiple, multiple athletes. Mm-hmm. So here's what, what I've heard and what I've encouraged parents and their athletes to do. Don't embellish your video. Mm-hmm. All you do is you is, and now most of the time, if you're part of a program that that's worth a darn, you're going to have um, you're going to have video, and they're all going to be on something called Huddle H U D U L, right? Yep. So you can have your Huddle highlights, and your coaches are going to break those highlights down for you. So all you need to do then is go to Huddle and pick whichever highlights that you're a part of that you want to showcase. Right. Sure. So then what you do is you. This is for football, basketball, baseball, whatever it might be. Whatever play that you want to highlight, you highlight yourself first. Right? Put an arrow, put a circle, whatever, right? And then let the play run and then stop it mm-hmm. and then go to the next play, do the same thing, highlight yourself, let the play run, and, and so on. Do that for maybe a 90-second to 100, you 90-second know, to 2-minute reel, mm-hmm. right? Um, having you know handful of of your best plays for that group of games that you're that you're sharing, mm-hmm. and the reason why you don't want to have all those extra embellishments because the coaches don't care; they just want to see what you can do. Okay, and so having the graphics and the video and the music is great; it's fun. There's, mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong; there's nothing wrong with that, and you certainly should do one, right? If, just to have a sort of like a introduction. Mm-hmm. But if you're sharing stuff with coaches, they don't want to see that. They don't care. Right. So you put your highlight reels together. You share via Twitter. You share via DM. You share those via email. Um, now, if you're a sophomore now, you're going to have a handful of those. Great. Use mm-hmm. them. Have them on huddle and start sharing them. But what I found and what I think is going to be the most important is your junior year. Your junior year is where everything is going to happen. Everything is going to open up and everything's going to change. Mm-hmm. So your junior year is kind of where you want to perform at your best. Senior year, you still have opportunities for that, but your ability to get in front of a higher level, say D1, is a little bit more diminished because by the time you're a senior, most D1 programs already have their rosters full. 
Right. They're committed. Right. So your junior year is kind of. Which is an astonishing thing to think yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah, that as kids are going into their senior years, they're that most Division One schools have already picked their athletes. most of the time. Yeah, now you do have chances to to get in to some D one programs, especially the like the uh, the FCS ones. Yeah, but obviously D two D three, you know, you've got you've got more time. One thing to note about sort of commitments is uh, you've got the early signing day, which always happens in December. That. It's kind of a, an outlier. I mean, those are going to be your five-star athletes, right? And those are going to be the ones that have been recruited since they've been eighth graders in, in school. Like, they're just out of your mind, fantastic athletes. Those are the ones that always go to, like, Alabama, Auburn, Clemson, you know, SEC schools. But if you're still, like, a three-star recruit and and you're, you're feeling discouraged that maybe you're not getting as much exposure, like, around December, you don't have that, that quote-unquote, great signing day, you still have time. I mean, signing day opens February 1st, right? Sure. And there's, there's always this pressure of, and I'm talking specifically football here. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always that, that like, oh, I've got to have a sign. I've, always, I've got to have a decision by February 1st. That's not true. You have until actually the middle of April to fully commit. Obviously, you don't want to wait that long. But um, so, so the, the kind of the, the phantom pressures that you feel about having to be signed by a certain date Depending on the program that you're a part of, you've got plenty of time. So, okay. but for the highlight reels, definitely you want to put as many of those as you can, as long as you've got a, a lot of uh, a lot of film to put together, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're a starter on a program, basketball, baseball, whatever, I mean, you're going to have that film, and you're going to have your 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 choice of great highlights to put together. So you definitely want to you definitely want to have mm. kind of your your reels put together sure. as quickly as you can. Okay. Uh, I, I'm uh, like one of the things that my daughter, when she was in club, they warned her and guarded her against, you know, the, some of the services that I think you mentioned before the mm-hmm. submission services, like we'll put together a reel for you for only three grand or whatever. No. And that, you know, if you have a good club that you're a part of, right. For the most part, mm-hmm. they'll help you on some of this as yeah. well. Correct. Yeah. I mean, if you're a part of any program, again, that, that's worth anything. They're mm-hmm. going to have a huddle act, uh, account, right. right, for whatever sport. And I know it's a little bit different. Baseball, they, it's not quite huddle. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember what they call it, but so there, there are services that most programs will use, mm-hmm. and they'll hold those highlights for you. The coaches All can right. split them up, or you can split them up, whatever. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to go to a service and spend three grand on getting a video put together. Because while it's great and while it's, there's the production value is huge, mm-hmm. it's your skills that really are going to right. tell the story. Right. So there's no, there's no substitute for good networking and great mm-hmm. highlights and your highlight reel or your huddle or whatever the tool that you use in your high school sports career yeah. is really the equivalent of your resume. And right. so if you have that dialed in and, and completely ready, and if you're thoughtful about where you're going and what you're going to do, you probably have the best chance possible. Yeah. And, and you don't even wanna, need to, wanna, if you don't have I, huddle, I, I, because I've talked to some parents who, who... Yeah, I want to re- redirect a little because I, 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 I want to uh, throw Dave under the bus <laughs> a little. So Dave, uh, Dave uh, is a smart guy, brilliant guy. 
but uh, he doesn't necessarily know a lot about sports, other than he he is aware that I there like are sports. <laughs> so, for parents who don't have a career in sports mm-hmm. or have played sports themselves, what are some things that they need to look out uh, look at in evalu- helping their kids evaluate a program? Well. There, there are a couple of things that, that you can use. Um, when you get to the athletic website of the school that you're looking at, you can look at the first thing I always look at is the record of the previous season. You know, if, if they have more losses than wins that, yeah, maybe not a program that you might want to be a part of, right? If it isn't that important to you, sure. If, if you care more about location of this, of the institution, and the type of academics they provide, it's totally up to you. But if you're serious about playing at a competitive level, always look at their record. The next thing to look at to evaluate a program is to look at how long the coaches have been there. So if you've got a coaching staff that's brand new and the previous couple of years' records aren't that great, right. you know why. right? Mm-hmm. So they're... the the, the coach was fired because they were not that great. And so now you, have, now you have a new staff that's coming in that is not only trying to evaluate navigating a new program at a new school, mm-hmm. they're also doing the recruiting, trying to get kids in that um, to fill their programs and fill their roster. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot. <laughs> that you're, asking, you're asking the staff to do quite a bit at that point. And so... Do you really want to be a part of that program? If they're not going to be able to put as 100% attention to getting that program to, to be as right. good as it needs to be. Right. Um, and then just sort of check out like, the other athletic departments, right? Look at the other sports that, that you know, maybe you know, if you're going to play basketball, you know, check out volleyball, check out football, check out uh, in any of the other sports that are there and kind of look at the same thing. You know, look at records, look at staff longevity, uh, how long has the athletic director been there, that kind of stuff. Um, and that'll kind of give you a really good picture of the um, kind of the athletic health of that institution and whether or not that's a school that might be worth your time, right? Now, you might be a, one of those entrepreneur type kids and say, hey, I'm going to go help build this program. Great. Go after it. You know, th- th- I'm sure they would love to have you. For us, that literally wasn't that wasn't viable for us. That's not something that we wanted to go after. We wanted an established program that had a, a history of success. Cool. And there, there's so much that goes into this too, right? I mean, as you're looking at the overall, I mean, there's a balance between academics and scholarship. Mm-hmm. And I think it might be also important to kind of level set with your student that you might not get a the money that you're hoping for if you try to go if you try to go d1 you know it it's competitive it's almost like pro sports at this point with some of these programs right right um so you have to be realistic in what you're going to do so maybe you know keeping d1 and d2 in the hopper in your consideration process is going to be important but even then just because you're a star athlete at your high school that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a star athlete, even at a at a college that you're accepted at, and that you might even get get a program for. 
And I bring this up because we have um, friends of ours. Their daughter was an absolute rock star volleyball player. She got recruited and got a significant scholarship at a Midwest school. Mm -hmm. And she's going to be a senior. She has not played more than one set of volleyball in her entire college career. Yikes. And I'm talking that's one set is, you know, up to up to 25 points. Right. One. So she's played about a half hour out of her entire college career. And she's she's just she's on the bench. She's watching. She's incredibly useful to the team. But Mm -hmm. you know, she's six one. She's a rock star. She was a crusher. Her her school was her school won state the year that she was a senior. In, in volleyball. So right. it doesn't necessarily mean when you go up to some of these incredibly competitive programs, right. you know, there might be a different role for you. So being right. realistic about what you're looking at is important. Yeah. You got to be honest with yourself. And that's part of, you know, the, yeah. I mean, that's part of sports mm-hmm. on the whole is that the higher level you get, the, the more fierce the competition mm-hmm. gets. Yeah. I mean, hon- honesty with yourself is a vital component to this whole process. You know, you can say, you know, you see, Joe came out of eight-man football, okay? Mm-hmm. Rural Michigan, eight-man football. And there, there are a lot of kids who, they, say, they see that and they play in that environment and they're like, well, forget it. You know, I can't play at college, right? Because who, who wants to, who wants to bring, who wants to, a kid who only plays eight-man football? Well, you don't want to discount yourself, right? Football is still football. The skills are still the skills. Like the, uh, no matter if you play eight man or traditional eleven man, it doesn't matter, right? You're still you're still able to play if you if you have the skills and you're able to show that you can do great things on the field. Yeah, but you also have to be realistic. Like you're not going. You most of the time you're not going to be able to get the attention of Nick Saban if you're playing eight man football in the upper, upper peninsula of Michigan, right? I mean, let's just be honest. That doesn't mean that you're not good. Legendary college football coach. Right. <laughs> for Dave. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Well, so, enough just for Dave, for other people who are listening. So, but if but you think you can play, mm-hmm. do your research and figure it out and see if you can, right? That right. just means you might, you might go to a lower level school. And if sure. you're thinking about going, if you're thinking about D3, then, then you got to have good grades mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. Because D three schools are mostly, yeah. Because D three schools are private, they're going to be twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year, right? That that's a that's a pretty big college bill. So you know, maximize your ability to to get some of that academic money if you've got right. a you know three point five or higher, then you've got the opportunity to get some of that money. And I should throw in there that just because it's an academic scholarship, mm-hmm. there's lots more money than you would expect out there that, you know, yeah. schools are, you know, we, we mentioned St. Thomas before I'm a, I'm a Tommy and you know, college has tripled since I went to school, the, the tuition, you know, it's like 60 something a year now. And yeah. there's a lot of financial aid out there for anyone that's serious. So if you're a great student and a great athlete, there's definitely options out there for you. So again, don't get discouraged just because mm-hmm. you may have gotten a C in one class or because, you know, you're, you're on an eight man football team. I mean, there's definitely right. options out there. The key is hustle and the key is showing your 
goals and in not being afraid to kind of make your own luck. Yeah. At least in my opinion. No, you're not wrong about that. That's, that's 100% this, the, the mindset that needs to go into this process, you know, mm-hmm. trusting yourself, not belittling, belittling your skill set, but mm-hmm. saying, okay, I can do this. Hey, mom and dad, what do you think? Let's try mm-hmm. and go after this mm-hmm. and getting your parents on board and then coming to my site and learning how to empower yourself to navigate this process, right? Well, and, because, and that's a perfect that's a perfect segue, Jeff. Because yeah. I want to make sure that everyone gets to your site because this is yeah. you know, as we've been going through. We, you know, you've got lots of easy questions and answers, and you know, tools. And I know you have some really great resources. Tell us how to find you and, and where to go. Well, they're, they're easy questions, but they're right. hard answers. Well, that's true. And it was a lot of Good family answers, talk yeah. and. It's a, it's a great guide to helping navigate what is a, it, it's, it's, it's a whole secondary recruitment beyond just the, the college you want to be. It's mm-hmm. the team you want to play. Right. So yeah, cheap plug, Jeff, where, where can people find so this? So it's jeffhowell.me, J-E-F-F-H-O-W-E-L-L.me. And everything you need is going to be there. All of my Love personal it. socials are going to be there. The college recruiting socials are going to be up in the top menu. There is a immense amount of content uh, on the site, especially on the blog. I've gotten you know probably three months worth of content there, and I've got more scheduled. There's ways to contact me. My email's all over there. There's ways to buy the course. There's ways to talk to your athletic director about having me come in and do a seminar. There's the Sort of. Uh, uh, per- and by, by the way, the, the course is not expensive at all. It's very reasonable, no. and I think definitely worth the money. It's 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 the price of a couple of Amazon. Things. Yeah, yeah, and 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 the reason why I do put a put a money on it is really, um, yeah, I could have done it for free, but I found that if you are actively trying to do something to to better yourself and to put yourself in, in a position of of getting recruited, you've got to have a little bit of skin in the game, right? So if, if, if it was free, you'd kind of go through it and be like, eh, I don't really want to do it. Or I, you just don't have the same motivation. But if you, if you plunk down some money, now you're, you've got that little extra motivation to be successful at this process because you paid for it, right? And so that's kind of like the, that's kind of my thought process. But I did try to make it affordable, right? Because... Well, it's not, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is you know, in terms of helping you out with a cheap plug, it's... It's 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 something that's yeah. worthy of the investment, and it's not a big investment. Yeah. And the value that you're going to get out of it is. I, I, yeah, I appreciate that, and yeah, thank you. I mean, it's um, that's kind of what my thought process was too. Perfect, uh, Jeff. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, good luck to to Lake Forest this football yeah, season. Right yeah, man. Uh, go go Foresters. <laughs> um,